entertaining guests We got music, we got shows, we got news, we got clips What you really wanna know? Uh, entertaining guests, ain't no telling who you might see Entertaining guests, like it ain't telling who he might be You can say anything in your rap If you really heat like bada boom and bada bada bow and bada bada bean If you join the show, then you might want a little couple things Like I'm trying to make this bar rhyme with positivity Like I'm trying to say I'm unselfish with magnanimity This show might just change somebody's life with the possibility And now, podcasting with pride from a downriver suburb of the greatest city in the world, Detroit, Michigan. It's Wednesday night. Welcome back to Bright Side of the Hump. We are here to get you on that glide to the weekend. It's March 8th, and tonight's guest takes us back home again to Indiana. He's an award-winning sports columnist at the Indy Star newspaper. Greg Doyle will join us in a moment. First, though, Crisis Text Line provides mental health support via text. Simply typing HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741 connects you to a counselor who can share mental health resources. It's a wonderful, practical life-saving service that needs three things from us, Brightsiders. They need volunteers, money, and help getting the word out on social media. Go to the webpage for this podcast and click on the donate link for all the details on how you can help. Citizens and Brightsiders, the view of America's fourth estate has dimmed in recent years Tonight, we brighten up that image by going back to my home state of Indiana to hear answers from an award-winning Indie Star columnist who's normally asking the questions. He's authored two books, Kentucky Wildcats, Where Have You Gone?, and Coach K, Building the Duke Dynasty. He's written for big newspapers throughout the country and covered varying beats from harness racing to the Florida Marlins. He writes with the courage of a competitor because he was and still is a competitor. Not only does he hang his heart out on the words of his columns, he engages daily with the kudos and criticisms of his readers. A word to the wise, internet tough guy. This sports columnist won three of his five amateur boxing matches by knockout. He wants to show you the best of the good and expose the bad that's hiding where you can't see it. Like another Hoosier, Kurt Vonnegut did with fiction, he has a humanist thread running through everything he writes. Without further ado, if Ernie Pyle were reincarnated as a sports columnist, he'd buy this guy a drink and pick his brain. Please welcome Greg Doyle to Bright Side of the Hump. Welcome, Greg. Greg, tell me about how sports played a role in your life growing up. Well, sports was kind of everything in my life growing up. My, my dad was my coach, and he coached me in soccer, baseball, basketball. He didn't coach me in football, but I played football. So I, I like a lot of kids back then, that they seem to be doing it less nowadays, including my own children who are in their 20s now. But like a lot of kids back then, you, you just played sports year-round. Whatever the season was, you played it. We didn't have video games and all that, not to be the old guy saying, get off my lawn. But we, if you wanted to have fun, you went outside with your friends and you played. So I played sports year-round. And because I played sports year-round, um, 
I was in ninth grade and my uh, English teacher, ninth grade in Wisconsin, said to me, hey, Greg, you, you like sports and you're a pretty good writer. Have you ever thought about being a sports writer? And until that moment, I'm a ninth grader. I hadn't thought about it. But um, that was one of those light bulb moments where it was just so obvious that at that moment, I was a future sports writer. So playing sports as a kid is why I'm here now. That's awesome. What a great way to lead into that. How many different places have you lived and how has that changed your perspective or how does it inform your perspective? Um, I've lived in, I think the count now is 11 states and, and I hope I'm done, although I'm not sure. I think Indiana is my 11th state. Um, I've lived here for almost nine years now, which is almost a record for me. I was in Ohio for 10 with CBSSports.com until I came over here. So I'm one year away from Indiana being the place I've been the longest. And I guess the, the best way it's informed things is what I've seen is that people are the same everywhere uh, as it relates to my job, as it, as it relates to my job, people are the same. Fan bases are the same everywhere. Individual human beings are unique, obviously, but in big swaths, the force is the same force everywhere. Fans are, they see the best in their team and how dare you tell them anything else. They see the worst in the other team and how dare you try to say the other team is any good at all. You know, um, I saw it. I covered Duke, Carolina and NC state for six years in Charlotte. Saw it there. Uh, when I was at CBS, I covered college basketball. So I saw the Kentucky, Indiana, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Kentucky, Louisville rivalry. I saw a lot of rivalries, saw it there. Uh, I come here and it's Purdue, Indiana. It's the same thing. It's, it's the, which makes it a little bit easier to deal with because I understand this is just how it is. It's just how it is. It does get, and you're asking me this right now, or I'm talking about this right now. Just over the weekend, I covered a Purdue game and an IU game, and they both won, but I wrote different stories. Purdue was, and granted, Purdue started the year unranked, but by early December, we all realized they're great. They're great. And they were 22-1 and one at one point, number one in the country, the number one overall seed in the country. And then they, they haven't fallen off a cliff necessarily, but relatively speaking, when you go from 22-1 and one to you go 4-4 four and four over your next eight games, that's not good. And when your last most recent game, the win I went to against Illinois, unranked Illinois, at home, Mackey, and you blow a 24-point lead <laughs> and need, frankly, and I didn't even put this in my story, but frankly, there's a couple calls in the last 30 seconds that went their way. <laughs> So I wrote the story that you yeah. know, they won. That's great. They celebrated the Big Ten title. That's great. However, you know, there's you know they're going to be judged by bigger things than than a regular season. Matt Painter himself says you get judged by March Madness. Hundred percent. And they're not in a great spot entering March Madness. They're there's not. And I got right. Purdue fans killing me for that. Yeah, killing me for that. And I've been listen when I got here, the Indy Star, and even now some Purdue fans call it the IU Star. <laughs> because Indiana IU is the big journalism school in the state. Every state has yeah. one and that in North Carolina, it's UNC in Florida. It's university of Florida where I went, you know, every school, every state has, they have journalism schools everywhere, but there's one state that there's one school. That's, this kind of produces most. And I use that school. So sure. obviously IU grads are all over the place, including at the start. And because IU is, you know, won five national titles. There's just, there's been more interest winning creates more fans. So a lot of people that didn't go to either school grew up rooting for IU because you root for teams to win national titles. That's just human nature. Anyway, 
I got here and Purdue fans called us the IU star because we care about Purdue more. I mean, I'm sorry, IU more. And to be fair, the guy that had the job before me, in fact, the last three or four guys before me, all perpetrated that. They all covered yeah. IU more than Purdue. All of them did. Yep. I got here and changed it. Like, I'm covering them both equally, and if Purdue's better, I'm giving Purdue more coverage. And so it really offends me to be attacked by Purdue fans as an IU guy and as a Purdue yeah. hater when all I did was write the truth. Right. I, I, that's a long story to say that, that, you know, fans are the same everywhere, but every now and then you just like to think that you've earned a little bit more credibility with a fan base. The problem is, is that the fan base is a forest. And I do think a lot of in the forest, they do know who I am because I hear from them sure. over the years. They know me, they like me, but the yeah. ones you hear from on Twitter are the angry ones. Maybe the Johnny come lately's that don't, don't have any idea. Like they don't, they don't care that, they don't know that I've written more glowing stories on Purdue. I've written so many glowing stories on Purdue that IU fans call me Purdue Greg. Of course. Of so course. imagine being called Purdue Greg by one style <laughs> and being called the IU star guy by the other school. I mean, it's just, you can't win. And that's, and my, my skin is very thick. It's very thick. Yeah. The problem is, is that in this day and age, newspapers are dying. And so, yes. and I've got a job where I'm supposed to generate readers and interest. Yes. It hurts me to think that both schools think I like the other school. It hurts me because there's a financial repercussion there that yeah. I did, that that bothers me because I it, this isn't about yeah. my feelings getting hurt. This is about our business. Yeah. And and my business might be getting hurt and it's not even fair. It's not right. So I'm a little bit it, fired up. If anything, it's an indication of how well you do your job. You know, that's the tough part about it and you're being penalized in in ways for doing your job so well in terms of how people react to you. I just think like with Twitter, there's so many people without an interlocutor between their thinking mind and the way they type out their tweet. <laughs> that it's that it's, but I can imagine being in your situation. There's just, it's hard to take and you interact more than any columnist or writer, you know, like Mitch albums, not taking that kind of stuff back and forth with people all the time. Like you do. So kudos to you for doing it. One of the things I observe about you is you show so much heart in the topics you choose to write about and the way you confront them. Where do you think that comes from? Well, there's a line, there's a Kid Rock, you know, Kid Rock and I politically probably are not very similar, but he's got a song, Born Free. Yeah. And uh, I'm getting chills thinking about it because I love this line so much. He goes, and if you can't see my heart, you must be blind. I heard that line one time and it hit me over the top of the head. Like I need, I do, but I want to make sure I always do show my heart and my stories. And there are a lot of times I, I can't, for example, if the Colts, I mean, I can show my angry heart if the Colts have a bad game and I rip them, but I want, I want people to realize that I'm a not, I'm a nice human being. I have a lot yeah. of empathy. I'm nice. I care about people. I want us all to do well. The thing is when you have my job to do it right, you've got to crack the whip at times. You yeah. just do. And even yeah. fans don't want to read about my school needs the whip cracked on them. Yeah, your school does. Every school does. Yeah. I happen to be the guy in this market that's going to crack it. But it doesn't mean I hate your school or your team or your Pacers or whatever. And the, the what I love, and by love I mean hate, is that people don't really remember when you're right. Like when I ripped Josh McDaniels hire, ripped it. Like why are that? Why are the Colts hiring Josh McDaniels? I don't understand it. Then two weeks later, he backed out. Yeah, yeah, right. In those two weeks, Colts fans before he backed out, Colts fans hated me. How dare you yeah. be mean to Josh McDaniels? He's our guy. Well, two weeks later, he backs out, and I was right. Five years later, I guarantee you there are Colts fans out there 
that have, have turned tuned me out, starting with Josh McDaniels, and just they don't even know that. why they've tuned me out. They just know, oh, <laughs> Greg Doyle, he's just some negative a-hole. No, no, I was right. But people don't yeah. remember that. And I'm wrong a lot, too. I get it. I, but um, yeah. anyway, I get – apparently this is the area – the the portion of the of the show where I just air my grievances. So that's okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. I think that you're uh you're in a unique position. And like you said, whether people realize it or not, you are financially affected by sometimes their unfair criticism of you. You know, if they tune you out, that's that's tough because they didn't give you a really open analysis of how's Greg doing. Is and, he doing a good job here? And when I say financial repercussions I, I i don't mean personally my salary is what it is and it's fine yeah um i'm fine and i'm not going to get laid off like i'm not worried right. about me people need to understand i'm not worried about me i'm worried about the business the industry colleagues absolutely i, I want to say just because i just want like you know t- i talk about showing my heart i want people to know like who i am yeah. and, and and when i make a mistake i nobody apologizes i apologizes on twitter more than i do like Maybe right. no one screws up more than I do, but I don't mind saying I'm sorry. I don't mind. Um, but I also don't mind saying sometimes something like this. The Athletic, when they moved into Indianapolis four years ago, whenever they did, you know, they, they go into every market back when they were yeah. starting up, and they would pick out one guy they want to build around, yeah. and that was going to be their guy. Well, guess who they picked? Me. And I told them no. And they, they told me, but here's how much money you can make if you yeah. let us build around you. And I said, no, uh, because, because I knew, I know that would really hurt the Indy star. Like, yeah. and everybody thinks, yeah, they won't be as the same without me. Well, the business is changing so much so fast yeah. that we, you could be the Indy star columnist 30 years ago and leave and they'll just find another one. Yeah. But now it's, it's also precarious that I don't know if they can find another one that, that I just don't know because whoever they find would need three or four years to kind of build up the following. And in those three or four years, the thing might fall off a cliff if the wrong handful of people leave. And I'm just in that handful. So it's very nerve wracking to feel like the the future of your newspaper hinges on, you know, certain individual movements. And it's just very nerve wracking, especially when those movements, when readers are are tuning you out for reasons that, that it's kind of like what I, one thing I always heard about math is that math is logic. Math is logic. And there's a reason why everybody has a limit in math you can go. And and whatever they're like, you can't burst through a ceiling in math. If your limit is there, yeah. math teachers will tell you what yeah. everybody's brain has a limit where you can't go anymore. And including mine. But math is logic. And so I'm on Twitter reading people's comments to me and and every now and then I'll I'll respond back to them. Just a just a just a gut feeling here. You're not very good at math, are you? Because I know what that means. Like I, I can tell yeah. if you tweet me a certain way, I guarantee you, you can't do calculus. I guarantee you because your logic, you just don't, it's not about brain. It's not about, yeah. but like logically you're not, don't yeah. tell me I did this wrong when I wrote something over here. You're not logical about it, but fans are, they're hot blooded and we need them. We need hot, yeah. that hot blooded passion. It helps. But sometimes when it's negative, it hurts. That's all. Absolutely. Uh, you went to the university of Florida. Uh, so did the all-time leading rusher in National Football League history. Do you have any interesting stories about Emmitt Smith you can share? I Emmitt Smith was the first guy I attacked in my in 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 print. All right, and and he and he had it coming, and yet it was not terribly professional. Me the way I did it, and I have since 
apologize to him and I don't, and it's been so long. My memory's not great. It's, it's been 10, 12 years. And I don't even remember. I want to say he remembered it and forgave me because I probably was the first guy to ever attacked him. You know, you remember your first and he was a, you're, he, you know, played at Florida and was great. I mean, he was great. Oh, yeah. And, but one summer, uh, because you know, he's famous and the fame, fame can be hard. And he was at a, a golf tournament or something playing it on campus and was rude to, to fans. Like they, they wanted, you know, maybe an autograph or high Emmett or whatever. And he was yeah. rude to him. And as I get older and see what fame looks like, you know, I'm inside the ropes now. I see what it looks like with a lot of people. I understand why it can be hard and, and tiring to have people always wanting your attention, but he was rude. And he was 20 years old, rude to fellow students. And so yeah. I ripped him. And I, I, the first sentence was something like almost word for word. I remember this, a funny thing happened along the way to greatness for Emmett Smith, colon, he became a jerk. Ooh. Something like that. It was, that's damn near close to what I wrote. Um, and I don't remember much, but I, for some reason, I always remember that one. Uh, so anyway, I wrote that, and he hated it, and <laughs> he hated it, and and I apologized to him twenty years later, and I I feel like he accepted, but my again, you you think I'd remember that part? I don't really remember that part, but anyway, that that's my Emmett Smith story. He's the first guy I ever ripped, and I did it. Well. Oh man, yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know, you could say it was uh, a bit of sage advice. That's the toughest thing about someone in in his shoes or anybody, it doesn't matter who they are. If you're coming up and you're going to be the best at something, you're going to, you're going to face that challenge of, you know, how to act. And am I a big timer or am I someone who, you know, is, is fine and understand who I am. I'm like everybody else. Yeah. And two things wanted to clarify that was, I wrote that in the school paper. I was a college junior. So I was the, yeah, sure. the second thing is, is I, every now and then speak at, you know, high schools or colleges or whatever, just every now and then to a class. And, and one thing I always make sure to say, cause I realize this is my one shot at talking to you, whoever you are. And I sure. tell the class that, you know, everybody in here's got something that you're really good at. You might be the, the best looking kid in class, the best dress, the best basketball player, the best writer, the best, whatever. The world is looking for a reason not to like you. Don't give it to them. Don't, don't, yeah. don't let them know that, you know, like, don't, <laughs> you know, fame. And like, if you let everybody know you're great at this or that, yes. there will be people that get mad at you for that. Don't, you know, the, the most winning combination you can have is to be excellent at something and act like you don't know it. We yeah. love the world loves people like that. People that are sure. great and act like they know it. They have some followers, they have some sycophants, but yeah. that's not who you want to be. When people say that everyone in America is always waiting for the fall, it's not always true, but they're waiting for the fall of the people that act like you just described it's a called karma. Bit. We all, we yeah. all root for karma. Yeah. Yeah. And we all end up in the same place, whether people realize that or not. Yeah. That's a, a tough thing, <laughs> but uh, what column or story are you most proud of writing? Ooh, proud of writing. Um, well, you know, here's just a recent one. Um, yeah. Just recent. Uh, David Benner was a Pacers PR guy. Yep. Before that, he was an Indy Star sports writer. So Indy Star sports writer covered the Pacers, switched yep. over to the Pacers, worked for them in, in PR for 30 years almost, and and protected them very well and was made it hard, for, not hard, but he was he was the wall. Your job is to be the wall yeah. 
in part, it's your job is to help get the stories out to the community, but also in part, your job is to be the wall and protect your players and your coaches from people like me who are going to rip them. Or, and, you know, that's just how it goes. Sure. And so he and I had a off and on rocky at times relationship and then cold, a little bit cold, and then it warmed up. And then towards the very end, he died last week. Towards the yep. end, it was much better. And that's the kind of, and I wrote, I wrote, you know, oh, yeah. the entire thing, start to finish. Like it started out this way and ended up this way and he died and here's who he was. And if you didn't really know, I, I, I'm, uh, I don't know if pride's the, pride's the right word for that. Um, cause I try not to be too proud of too much. Cause I, whatever level of anything, any of us have talent, whatever you were born with that. And I'm not saying this is a God thing. I'm not saying God blessed you. I'm just saying you were born. You, whether, whether you think it's God that blessed you or just your genes, you were born like Victor Wembanyama was born to be seven four and to run like a gazelle and to be LeBron James was born that way. Yeah, you know Mitch Album was born to be the best writer in America. I was born yeah. to write what I wrote about David Benner. Okay, so yeah. I try not to be proud of it. I just that's what I, I do. But but I'm 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 pleased that I'm able in my job to shed light on people like David Benner, and I've done that too many times to count. Uh, people whether they died like Tyler Trent played a Purdue student yep or or another Purdue guy Caleb Swanigan died yep. a year or two ago and I wrote about him um, and I don't mean just people that died but I, I like no. it when I can I can show, shed light on somebody who they are more than just the athlete I, I take great great joy in writing about these people as people because at the end yeah. of the day as you said we're all going to the same place anyway we're all human beings yeah yep I thought the piece on Benner was great very well done. Thank you. Uh, all right. On the flip side of things, if you can think back to a column or story that you could put a heavy edit to now, <laughs> uh, you know, that you wish you could get back in hindsight, understanding hindsight's 2020. I got two. Uh, okay. One's a small little thing I did. One's a bigger story. One, one small little thing, and I made a lot of mistakes, but one, one small thing I did back when I was at CBS Sports, I, I would do this thing called hate mail where they, they wanted us, my bosses wanted all of us writers to have a weekly mailbag. So you get emails and you, you, you take out eight or 10 of them and then you, you, know, you use them to answer questions for readers that hopefully shed light on bigger stuff. Well, one time and a reader asked me a question about, Arizona, their basketball team, back when Lute Olson was the coach, and I just didn't, I didn't like the way Lute ran his program. I wasn't a big Lute Olson fan. Um, a fan, a reader asked, "Why does why does Arizona have those the double zero on their shoulder on their jersey?" And had I thought about it for ten seconds, I would realize that's probably honoring somebody. But yeah. no, no, I, I wrote back because that shows the number of leaders Lute Olson has has molded over the last thirty years. Well, it turns out Double Zero was the name of, um, and I can't believe I, f- I forgot the name. I think her last name is Polk, P-O-L-K. She she was an Arizona women's basketball player who died that year. Uh. And so here I am using her number as a way to take a shot at Lute Olson, and I didn't know. And yeah. I, there's no excuse for not knowing. So if I could have that, I mean, I'm, I, I, I hate that. I hate, you know, that's not who I want to be. It's who I was that moment. It's not who I ever want to be. And then the other story I would – do have you to in part because hindsight is 2020, but yep. also in part because I, my hindsight being 2020 also implies not also suggests that I should have known better than to even take this stance. Um, I've been hired at the star for like four days. 
And this this place loves its Indiana basketball. IU, it does, and it loves it does. Basketball. What year is this, Greg? Twenty fourteen. Okay. My second day on the job, IU had had two or three players got suspended for something. Basketball players, and they were having a bad yeah. run of stuff. Uh, they had had five or six players suspended, arrested, failed a drug test, just a bunch of little little stuff, but still stuff. Five or six of them over like a nine month period, and so I wrote that day that you know enough's enough. And if this happens again, Tom Crean, you're the one that recruited these guys. You're leading them. You're directing them. If this happens anymore, you got to go. You got to be fired. Which is just a stupid. I, 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 I hate now. I hate he should be fired stories. I mean, if it's obvious, yeah. it's obvious. Okay. But just that wasn't obvious. That's just stupid. Well, two days later, the next day, the next day, one IU player was drinking drove his car and ran over another one on the basketball team. Um, it was Emmett Holt. I think his name is Emmett. Emmett Holt hit. I can't remember the name of the player he hit and put him in like hurt his brain. I'm not sure that that player ever played again. That 24 hours after I said, if this happens again, Tom Crean, you got to be fired. What well, happened 24 hours later? So I wrote yeah. Tom Crean, you got to go. Now what? You can't have this job at the Indy star. And on your third day in the job, fire the basketball coach at IU. You don't. You don't have the right. Like you've you've not you've not been here enough. You haven't earned it. So, right. I I really regret. I, I just and I didn't know better. I thought I got the right. I'm I'm the Indy Star Sports Commons. No, you don't. I don't have any credibility in the state to to fire the coach at IU. Uh, that was a mistake. That is courageous to go back into the well and acknowledge that. That's tough. Maybe the timing wasn't. My right. My job is to take kind of big swings. Like no, there's no. If all I'm going to do is kind of take a check swing at something, then why write it? Right. My job is not to. So and and by that I do not mean my job is to say things I don't believe ever. But over the course of a day, you might have twenty thoughts about sports topics. Eighteen of them are the same thought everybody else has. 19 is maybe different, but it's kind of weak. Number 20 is like outside the box. Sometimes yeah. I mean, my job is to make people think and to say things that I don't think they think and to, you know, it's pr- to provoke. And sometimes it's just to love on somebody. I love hugging people and showing my heart, but sure. I take big swings. And so, of course, readers, a lot of them, the, the ones you hear from on Twitter, you're always wrong. And how come you, well, it's, <laughs> you know, if, I, if all I wrote was every time I, you had a game, they're going to win. They're going to win this game. I'd be right all the time. But sometimes I write this coach, this hire is not going to work out like Josh McDaniels or, you know, and I got that one right. Okay. But Archie Miller, when he got hired, um, because he was, a, I wrote, he was a grand slam home run. I said, he was an upper deck shot. You know, he was a, yeah. I got that wrong. You know, and, and of course, so, so I, you hear from dummies who don't understand anything kind of like I was when I said double zero means number of leaders. You know, we're all dummies at times, but I hear from dummies. Aren't you the same guy that said, Arch- yeah, I'm the same guy. Yeah. Did, did you want me to write something milk toast? Like, hey, everybody, they hired Archie Miller. Let's see what happens. That's interesting. That's a real interesting column. Or or people, all I hear from people all the time, like after the draft. How about this? How about we wait and see how these players turn out before we before we write about anything? Well, that's interesting. On the on draft night, let me write a thousand words of hey, everybody. Let's let's spend the next three years watching and seeing if if Chris Bowden got it right. Who wants to read that? Well, we already have those people. They're called historians. Uh, you, yep. you don't need to. You know, there's no prognostication. Pardon the interruption. This interview with Greg was so much fun that we lost track of time and ran a little bit long. So I'm going to make it a two parter. 
We're going to pick up where we left off next week when Greg is going to share even more deeply of himself. He'll talk about a new love in his life. He has incredibly insightful advice for young people pursuing writing. He talks about an unquantifiable trait he has that I compare to great songwriters. He also talks about a famous sports writer that he admired, and then, frankly, the guy didn't behave worthy of admiration. We both get a little choked up as he describes what happened in response to one of his stories. And finally, he's going to share with us the noble purpose he hopes to achieve with his writing and what his biggest dream is. And I promise it's not going to be what you'd expect. So let's put a pin in this and we'll get rolling again next Wednesday with Greg Doyle. Quick favor, Brightsiders. Give the podcast a five-star rating and write a brief review. Here's your inspiration tune. Hit pause and plunk those characters with a few kind words. Thank you so much. Also, please share us on your social media. However you see fit to spread the bright side is appreciated. Thank you again for listening. And as always, stay positive and keep looking for the bright side of things. Yo, bring that fire, Trench Baby. Hey, fuck all the talking you want me, come give me my niggas, don't care if y'all little niggas toting He wanna argue and text when I catch on my side, man, I swear he be different in person I'm tryna stay out that way with just me and the gang, I be busy, I'm running up tokens Fuck all the distance, just send me the Eddie and my nigga slide to something like lotion Fat, 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 five, five, sixes, he got the leaning like he off the potion He on the floor, steady begging for life, he was coughing up blue while we laughing and joking I'm really sliding in something that's stolen, I had a talk with my brother, I'm chosen I'ma get rich and I swear I'ma show him, he's sick, keep rapping, so I'ma keep going Exploring the city and getting it popping we scattering now like a human of roaches Fuck all the hoes, bro, I'm trying to stay focused It ain't no love, I ain't showing emotion Broke all the body and he just been itching When we in the street, we just caught in the rolling Something like windows, we slide and they open Janitor the boys do the wedding and soak them Fucking with hoes and me thinking with dicks But I guess you ain't heard about medicine, she wrote it Chilling with demons, I skillin' for free If a bag in the air, do you know they get on it? Never stay lacking, forever stay posted And I remember them nights to know who they're not lights But I swear we ain't never had motion Caught him at night, he was at a green light But he knew if he grabbed me, the doctor, I saw him Get in that room and start talking and folding I was in I'm getting thug in love with that money, my paper was thick in the folders I'm on my way to the top, but I keep getting stopped Cause the devil could grab my shoulder I be up thinking that night, so confused about life It has changed ever since I got older Fuck that, dude got your pipe Hop out that hoop and start upping and bowling And he got the running from losing his life 30s and 40s, I'm tired of the talking Said over and bodies, it's something I like Coming to shoot, I ain't coming to fight You just be talking and you never bought it If you really bought it, I'm coming at night Shout out your brother, he next to the angels And he really bigger than all of the flights I got a switch, yeah, I'm towing the dike Riding the shockers and getting to Money, I come from a struggle and riding bikes. Me and my brother, we forever thuggy. You know we the toughest, you rolling the dice.